We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 360. Our guest today is a professional who grew up in New York, and she showed a lot as a junior. Some of her major accolades during those years included Pony Finals Championships, WCHR Awards in the Pony and the Junior Hunter Divisions, and Top 10 Placings in the Equitation Finals. She now is the owner and head trainer of Harris Hill Farms, located year-round in Wellington, Florida. Her main passion is developing special young horses. Many of her biggest achievements in the show ring have come on horses that she has brought along herself, including 2014 WCHR Developing Pro National Championship, top placings at Devon and Indoors, national and international Hunter Derby wins, top 10 finishes in the USHJA International Hunter Derby Championship, recently finishing 18th at this year's Hunter Derby Finals. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Jen Bliss. Hey, Jen. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I would love to hear, I, I have so many questions, but I would love to hear how you first got started in the horse world. Yeah, so I grew up in Bedford, New York. My family had a farm there, and I was kind of always around horses from the beginning. My grandfather fox hunted, and my mom showed a lot um, in the hunter and jumper divisions as a kid and as a young adult. My father's involved in the thoroughbred world, so I was sort of just sort of always around horses. It was kind of a very natural progression for me to start riding and and all of that. Um, And, you know, as I got older and got more into it, I really, really fell in love with the sport and got very serious about it. I had, you know, sort of looking back now, I I had a little bit of an atypical kind of start with it all, perhaps, Mm. just because I, you know, whatever horses or ponies I had always lived at home. And and I wasn't really, I wasn't a professional kid, but I also wasn't sort of like the typical client that sort of, you know, had the parameters of a, of a professional show barn all the time. I, you know, I kept my, all of my ponies and horses at home. So it was sort of an, an interesting balance of, you know, I did a lot of catch riding. I was really lucky to get a lot of great help from a lot of top professionals, but I also had kind of a lot of independence at at home too. So it was sort of an interesting balance that was maybe a little bit, a little bit different than sort of the normal model, but, um, but I learned a lot and it was a really, really fun way to grow up and sort of get into it all. Definitely. You have a passion for developing young hunters. What, what's made you so interested in this particular part of the sport? You know, it's something that I have always done. I sort of grew up finding green ponies and making them up and sort of doing that with my mom as a kid. And, you know, we were really lucky to end up with some really nice ones. And it just really made me love the whole process. I just, I find that process so interesting and, and very rewarding. I just think it's really special when you kind of build that relationship with a horse and you kind of make them 
kind of your horse where they really have that trust in you and you really know them and you know their background and their foundation. So you really have that, that trust in them as well. And I just, I just find it to be such an, such a fascinating process. Definitely. What qualities would you say that you look for in a young horse that kind of gives you an idea that they could be something special in the huntering in the future? Like what qualities do you think a young horse possess in order to have that potential to be a future star? You know, I have to say, I, I used to sort of think that I could fix anything. Like if I had enough time, I could train anything, I could yeah. fix anything. And I would sort of choose, I would prioritize just straight physical talent, like how fancy are they over anything else. And I feel like over time I've gotten maybe a bit more realistic Mm -hmm. and, you know, you can have the greatest, most talented horse in the world, but if they don't have that desire to, to work with you, then it's hard to really get very far. So I would say that for sure, you know, when I'm evaluating a young horse or sitting on a young horse that I'm trying or whatever it might be, I, you know, for sure really look for their natural reaction, their natural instincts, you know, their natural technique and their balance and their rhythm and sort of what their natural reaction for things are. And, but also I really take into account their character and whether I feel like they're going to be trainable and sort of, sort of want to do it. You know, I think that that character and that trainability, I think is makes all the difference in mm-hmm. the end. I think they have to have that. And so, um, you know, and sometimes it's just sort of that, that chemistry, like when you sit on a horse and you just love the feeling and you just feel like it's a, it's the right, it's the right sort of match. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the character and the temperament is a big, is a big piece of it for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I prioritize that more as I've gotten older and I, totally. I sort of don't, don't try to talk myself into every horse anymore. Like I have to <laughs> prove that I can train this horse and prove that I can make this horse work. And, you know, I, I sort of have learned to just trust my gut a bit more, mm-hmm, I would definitely. say. And there isn't that, um, you know, that, that perfect list of, oh, as long as this horse has ABC, it's going to be successful. It really does kind of like what you were touching on. There's such an, an art and a feel um, of just having that chemistry. But I think also you hit the nail on the head with like, with the quality of desire, like desire to do well, desire to be trainable, um, to really want it. Because I mean, I'm sure you can just think of so many really freaky, talented, really fancy hunters that maybe didn't have that desire. And then it's like, you know, it's just, it's just, it doesn't work out all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that you just can't train a horse to have. And I think with, you know, experience helps you, um, helps you pick up on those things more for sure. But sometimes it's, it's just that kind of that, that instinct and that feeling of, of, you know, what horse kind of has, has that sort of it factor. Totally. It's not just in physical talent, but also in desire. Definitely. Let's say you are getting an, you getting a young horse, you know, in your program for the first time, whether you, you found one stateside or you're importing one from Europe and 
it is, you know, green, doesn't know much. What are some of the, I guess, most fundamental elements of the training? What do you start with? For me, I think it's tons of flat work, you know, and just really taking your time on the flat, kind of getting to know them, getting on the same page as them, where you have that feeling that they're attentive, but they're relaxed, and where you feel like they are sort of learning to carry themselves and can make smooth adjustments and and can sort of react to, you know, a little bit of body language and sort of, I, I take a lot of time with that in the beginning, I would say. Sometimes with really green horses that I'm starting, but also sometimes with horses that, you know, do know how to jump and, and do have a bit more experience, but are sort of transitioning into my program, whether it's they're coming from Europe and it's you know, just a lot of life adjustment for them or, you know, whatever it might be. I always start with just a lot of flat work until I feel like we're kind of on the same page and we're tuned into each other and they sort of have a, a feeling for my style and I have a feeling for their personality, but lots and lots of flat work in the beginning, I would say. Definitely. Do you have a sweet spot as far as like number of horses that you are or young horses that you're working with that you have found is, um, you know, enough that you can kind of give them unique, special program and care um, versus like, you know, too many. And you feel like you're like, oh, my gosh, there's just like not enough hours in the day to get all of this done. Yeah, I mean, typically for us, it's sort of in the like seven to 10 horse range for our barn as a whole. Yeah, Um, we definitely try to keep it a bit smaller, just because I do like to do a lot of it myself and feel like I I really have my hand in all of it. And that's just kind of how I most like to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we try to keep it in that sort of seven to 10 range. Definitely. Something else I've heard that you emphasize in your program is a quiet atmosphere at home. Why do you feel like that's so important for a young horse? I I just think it makes such a big difference with them to sort of, I think for us, it comes down to just a lot of consistency. You know, I personally, I I love to horse show, but I also, I really like kind of the the day-to-day process of Mm -hmm. things as well. And I think it's, also really important that the horses just as we really know their personalities I think it's also important for them to sort of know their people and you know we have kind of a small group in terms of horses and in terms of people where I feel like we know them really well the horses know the people really well there's a lot of consistency in terms of who's managing them and who's taking care of them and who's riding them and I just think there's a sort of a level of 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 ease especially for the younger horses sort of learning the game. I just think um, it helps them sort of relax into, into all of it just a little bit better. And that's just how we sort of have always done it kind of a smaller group Mm -hmm. where we feel like we, you know, really know each horse. You have very closely from the barn to the riding. Totally. Yeah. I think that that's so important. And I think that, I think that like horse, the horses feel that too, when they really know their people and they feel, you know, like kind of understood and, you know, succinct with a program. I think that that goes a long way also. Yeah. I just think there's a sort of a, a, a different kind of comfort level all the way around for the people and for the horses. And I think, um, I think you just 
you just get a little bit more out of everyone that way. Mm -hmm. You have a particular fondness for derbies. Why are these some of your favorite classes to compete in? What, what makes them so special for you? I love the derbies. You know, I, I've always loved the hunters my whole life. That's really been what I've um, really gravitated towards. I, I just think the hunters, it's such an art form. Uh, but the derbies in particular, I love because I think it's such a unique combination of kind of the smoothness of the hunters, but also the technicality a little bit more uh, in the track that you have, you know, that are a little reminiscent of the equitation and jumper ring. And, you know, to really excel, the horses have to be so they have to be scopy, they have to be brave, they have to be rideable, they also have to be stylish. I just think for the horses and the riders, you know, both have to draw on a lot of skill to really be successful in the derbies. And I just find it really, really fun and really challenging. I think there's a little bit of an element of strategy sometimes in the handy rounds. And, you know, I think oftentimes by the time you're competing with a horse, especially in the international derbies, you normally have quite a good relationship with them and, um, I just think that's always fun too when you mm-hmm. when you kind of have that bond with a horse and you you have sort of those more challenging classes and I just I just really love the derby classes. Yeah. I think it's a nice they're a nice um a nice combination of challenges. Right. We've talked a lot about saddles and saddle fit on the podcast just because it's so important that you are using a saddle that really fits you and your horse, but especially your horse. It really does make or break the comfort level and the ability for the horse to perform at their best. And then having something that fits you is also really important for you guys to really work as a team. I love Voltaire Design. I've been wearing and using their saddles for probably over three years now. And I just think they have so many great qualities to them. They are a French made saddle. I ride in the Palm Beach, which is one of their classic jumping saddles. And I just love how flexible it is. It's one of the only flexible trees out there on the market. And it really allows for the horse's shoulder to stay really open, which I think is super important. If you want more information, visit their website to just learn about all of the design and innovation and performance that Voltaire Design can allow. So many top riders use Voltaire, and I feel like that really speaks for itself. So for more info, visit their website at VoltaireDesign.com. That's V-O-L-T-A-I-R-E design.com. Also want to mention that there is a limited special on 16-inch saddles, so make sure that you ask your local Voltaire saddle specialist about the deals on 16-inch saddles. All right, let's get back to the episode. Having so much experience as a rider, especially in the hunter classes, you've also taken on judging on your on your list of accomplishments and things that you do. How is that dynamic of judging um, some top competitions? I know you'll be at Capital Challenge here in a few weeks at uh, one of uh, our favorite and one of the biggest shows of the year, especially for hunters. Tell me a little bit about how that experience has maybe shifted or helped um, benefited your role as a rider. Yeah, you know, so I don't judge a ton at this point, um, only because 
it's just with our barn dynamic, it's hard for me to be away from yeah. that a lot. And also with my young daughter, it's hard for me to be away from her a lot. So um, I judge probably, uh, you know, five or so shows a year, something mm-hmm. like that. But I do really enjoy it. I do find it to be a very interesting perspective. I think that it definitely makes you a better exhibitor when you sit on the the other side of it and have to have to really sit and 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 try to get all of that right. I'm I rarely <laughs> complain about the judging because I know how you know how hard I try when I mm-hmm. sit there to to really get it right and how much I I care. So I I I do find it to be very interesting and also it you know as a as a busy professional, it's not that often that I'm able to sit and watch, you know, hours upon hours of yeah. rounds uninterrupted. That never happens really at a normal right. horse show that you're no. at. So that's also, especially at the bigger shows, you know, with, with really top competition, top horses, top riders, that's always, you know, it's a, it's a luxury to, mm-hmm. um, to be able to sit and, and, watch rounds like that and really 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 pick it apart and pick what you what you really like and weed out you know sort of the top top end of it um and be able to really think you really you really pick up on on the details of different horses and different riders and different styles and you know it's it's just a very interesting perspective I really definitely I really enjoy it I haven't I didn't even think about that dynamic but you really are I mean when else are you having to sit down for hours on end, just watching, I mean, really kind of catching up with what's out there in the industry right now with riders and, and horses that you can really watch, you know, several rounds of each horse and rider. And that is such a cool perspective that you're, you know, with being a train, being like a rider and having a program that's just like so busy. I mean, even you said only a couple shows, maybe five or so a year that you judge, but with this schedule, you know, being a rider and traveling a lot and showing five is a lot. I mean, get being able to get away for that many, you know, weeks and weekends yeah. is, is still a really big commitment. And, you know, being away from your program and having to make sure that you have, um, you know, things running smoothly while you're away. Um, but that is, that's a really cool perspective that you can really have yeah. that time where you, where you kind of get to reconnect with the industry and, and see what's been going on and, and just find kind of things that you like and maybe like horses that you like styles that you like. And I, yeah, I think that that's really cool. Yeah. You, you know, you sort of file it, a file it away a bit yeah. and, and um, it does just never happen when you, when you sit and watch for so long, you know, right. kind of in normal light. So it's always interesting. And I think it's interesting too, you know, when you, I always judge one week at West and so, you know, sort of seeing certain horses and riders and stuff at the beginning of the year and then seeing them again at the end of the year last mm. year, I judged the Hampton Classic, this year Capital Challenge, you know, whatever it might whatever it might be. I and mean, of course I'm, I, you know, I'm obsessed with <laughs> the sport. And so I'm always watching, of yeah. course, but you know, yeah. there, you don't watch in the same way like you do when you're, when you're judging with, with totally. such, with such uninterrupted focus and such a fine tooth comb. And so it's always sort of interesting to, mm-hmm. to see things as the year goes on. And yeah, it's a, it's an interesting perspective to have. Yeah. And I'm sure you know, as, as, time goes on I'll I'll do it more and more but um 
the only hard part I would say is just the change sort of in the daily routine. I'm, I'm not, you know, none of us are really accustomed to sort of sitting there all day. <laughs> that gets a little hard. By the end of the week, I'm like, gosh, I just, right. I just want to go get on a horse and make sure I can still do it because I've yeah. been sitting still for so long. That's, that's a little hard sometimes by the end of the week, just the yeah. interruption in the, in the sort of like normal routine, but, right. um, but I'm grateful to do it. Definitely. You know, yeah, I feel like that's something that would be so challenging. Like if you are watching, especially like I know, like if you're judging like a a derby or like a like a three, three or three, six performance class, like some divisions that can be so large that you are watching on hours. Yeah, you're watching like the same two trips all day long. Like how what do you do to kind of reset your mind to be able to to kind of continue to watch that? Yeah, I mean, it's really a big part of it, like having that focus and having mm-hmm. really good bookkeeping skills, you know, being just sort of having your system to stay organized right. is you, you, I think people sometimes, until you sit and do it, you don't realize yeah. um, that that yeah. part of it is a, a challenging part of it, a necessary part, but um, that takes, you know, those are, those are acquired skills and it definitely take some work to to stay on top of all of it definitely what would you say is something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about you know I don't think it's so much so much just with the horse industry I think it's a little bit the the world we live in the society that we live in now especially kind of in the age of of social media you know, it's, it's such a highlight reel. I Mm. think sometimes there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and it, you know, sort of can make you feel a bit like everybody has it all figured out. And, you know, I think that sometimes people don't talk about like that the horse business is, is really hard. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, just sort of finding your, finding your niche and finding a business model that, really fulfilling but also sustainable and I just think there's so many elements to it you know you're managing personalities both human and horse and there's just so many moving parts and I think it's it's amazing but I think it's really hard and I think sometimes sometimes it can feel a bit insular you know Mm -hmm. I think sometimes perhaps we could all just like let our guard down a little bit and sort of put our collective heads together on certain things and, and not just always have that mindset of like, well, this is how it's always been. And we have to just sort of take it till we make it and, and be like a bit more, a bit more open and honest about certain things. Like, no, you know what? It is really hard and it's not just hard, you know, like sometimes you feel like things are just hard for you, but I think Mm. a lot of us have the same insecurities and the same challenges. And I don't think we always are so good about talking about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe sort of putting our heads together and and figuring things out a bit more together and just being a bit more open about that. It's, you know, it's, it's, this business can be hard. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing. I, I, but it can be hard. Yeah. I think that that's a huge point and something that if you, if you were to ask, you know, anyone in the industry, no matter what level or what success, um, they would for sure agree with you that this is hard, even though it, you know, might look bright and shiny and lots of, you know, great results on the outside. Um, it's, there's always 
something, you know, there's like always something going on. There's always, um, yeah. you know, staff, there's, um, horses, there's vets, there's clients, there's yeah. bills, there's logistics. Like there's, there's just so, so many, many moving the parts. Puzzle. Yep. There really is. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's certainly the horses are the, the treat really. It's mm -hmm. not just all about the horses. There's so many other pieces to the right. puzzle. And for sure, I think we all kind of have our, our inner circle and our friends that we, right. that we lean on you and, have to. And, turn, and turn to, yeah. but, um, you know, sometimes I think, and again, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the horse industry alone by any means. I mm -hmm. think it's a little bit of the world that we live in and, and especially with social media, you know, it's, it's just easy to sort of, to sort of look at all the, the highlights and think that, Oh God, well, I'm the only one that has really doesn't have it figured out. And, mm -hmm. and it, I just think, um, sometimes, sometimes, we just need to talk about the hard parts a, a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also feel like there's a degree that makes something like, you know, especially like the hunters and the equitation where there is that judging element where you really, you, you are kind of having to focus sometimes on the, you know, the, the nitpicky things that maybe didn't go super well in a round, let's say. And I yeah. think sometimes that mentality can kind of translate, oh, if it wasn't, absolutely perfect then it was it wasn't good like it was you know and and right. that can be I feel like sometimes that can kind of dip into you know making sure that everything just kind of is always looking bright and shiny and perfect and and mm -hmm. that's hard and I think you definitely come up with a with a really great point with you know social media and just the world that we're in today that um as long as it looks bright and shiny from the outside it, it is and that's not the reality of the situation so have being able yeah. to have um, conversations around that I think make it so so much more of an inviting space and like you know even just things as silly as like professionals chip too and you know what life goes on and it's okay and yeah. and just you know things like that and and that they're exactly yeah, having, I mean, having we're all human right. and we all have more in common than than we don't. And mm -hmm. yeah, just something as simple as a perfect example. Or like I talked about recently, like, you know, being really nervous at Derby Finals yeah. and I had a you know, a great show and I was thrilled with my horse, but like I've had to really, you know, manage my nerves and there yeah. were certain things about it that that were hard for me. And, you know, talking about that a little bit because yep. we are all human and we're not you know we're not robots and there's just a lot of um a lot of sides to to all of it and mm. so anyway yeah that's I love that one thing I think sometimes we could be a little more open definitely about well thank you for bringing that up and thank you so much Jen for taking the time to come on and share your story I think what you're doing in the industry is um, so important. And I, I'm so grateful for people like you that take the time that you kind of don't really have and put it towards, you know, things like judging and things that, you know, our industry needs more of, um, you know, judging and, and, and aspects of the industry that need that support from other professionals. So thank you so much for taking the time and good luck with the rest of the year. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week. <laughs>